welcome to the Who's Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to have another attempt at uh, trying to do a little review of Smith & Jones in the first of our Season 3 retrospective. Do you think we'll have any more luck this time round, Paul? If we don't, this may be the last attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, as, you, as we previously announced on the, on the, on the previous episode of the Who's Podcast... Um, <laughs> previously? Previously on the Who's Podcast, yeah, we... Um, yeah, the, the the recording we we attempted before didn't really come out that well. There were loads of, sort of background noise, and the recording was just really really poor. And we were really poor as well, more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Even more. Than Even you. more than usual. Yeah, um, yeah. We just really weren't interested in talking about it at that, that time, were we? No. Nah. So. I'm not saying we will be today either, but... <laughs> Building up that it's going to be an exciting podcast oh, this time. Oh, yes, here we go, here we go. Right, but anyway, we're going to have another go regardless. But first, let's have some news. And um, the Radio Times Christmas um, edition, as usual, Doctor Who's on the front, and it's got Matt Smith and Jenna Louise Coleman in their sort of costumes from this year's uh, Christmas special, The Snowman. And I think it's probably the most um, Christmassy it's actually looked. Very, um, very, very Dickensian. Yes, well, it does tend to lend itself to that, doesn't it? Yeah. Because they say that it's sort of like the um, the Doctor's outfit is uh, a bit artful dodger. Yeah, well, it's about the first time he's changed his outfit, hasn't it? So. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, uh, no, it, it looks suitably Christmassy. Um, hmm. Just sort of looking at the, the, the uh, website page here, and there's all the other uh, sort of past Christmas... Uh, Radio Times covers, and it it does look the the best one actually. It's also been reminded of some pretty poor Christmas specials actually. So. Yes, <laughs> but oh dear, there we go, there we go. But still, we're looking forward to it. Oh yes, of course we are, of course we are. It's uh, I, it's I've, this month. Yes, it is. I've got high hopes actually for this one. Yeah, I've got high hopes. I, I've had my hopes sh- dashed before anyway, but we'll see. We'll it can't be any worse than last year's. Mm, well, we say that now. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, um, now obviously, Doctor Who Christmas special, uh, the BBC have done a little trail for their Christmas TV schedule, which the Doctor does feature rather prominently in, doesn't he? Yes, several times. Several times. So, plus that with and the, uh, the Radio Times cover, it's amazing to think that one hour's programming... And Doctor Who at that as as well. It's the fact that that is the the highlight of the BBC schedule. Yeah, and if, you, if you, as you say, you look back at their previous Christmas Radio Times, it has been almost since yeah. it came back. Yeah, it's incredible to think that Doctor Who would be the highlight of the BBC's programming schedule for Christmas Day. Yeah, never thought I'd live to see the day. <laughs> no, but I don't think it ever has been, has it? No, not not just. No, they never. The, the wilderness years. No, <laughs> but, but even at its pomp, it wasn't. No, never. Was I, could could we count the feast of Stephen here? Uh, That'd be the one and only time. Yeah, and possibly also the um, K, was it K Nine and Company? Oh, yeah, that was shown over <laughs> at Christmas, wasn't it? <laughs> but not actually yes. on Christmas Day itself. But it was shown over at Christmas though. <laughs> yes. And eagerly awaited that one as well. It wasn't it, wasn't it? Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, God, the memories, the memories. Um, Actually, I've just got to that point in Liz Sladen's autobiography. Yeah. The Canon and Company. Um, It wasn't a happy shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Quite interesting. Um, Now, um, on the subject of Christmas, it's pantomime season. And, of course, you get out-of-work Doctor Who actors... Doing the rounds in Panto. So um, we've got three choice ones here for you, as reported on the Doctor Who News uh, website. Uh, first up, you've got Colin Baker, fresh out of his stint in the, uh, on the Australian jungle and straight into Panto. Um, yes, he's going to be... Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, that was actually one of the things people were saying, weren't it? When it was rumoured that he was going to be in it, that surely he's not giving up his Panto no. to do this. No, of course not. He's, he's, he's straight, straight back to work. He's professional. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been a bit stuffed if he stayed on and won. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, he's, uh, so he's going to be uh, starring in... Well, I say starring in. He's one of the top-billed names in Sleeping Beauty at yeah. the Bournemouth Pavilion. 
As far as we're concerned, so, he's starring. He is a star. <laughs> because the uh, the starring role is Sue Pollard. Yes. And yes. um and it says here, CBB's favourite, Chris Jarvis. Yes. Yeah, okay. So we're actually going we're actually gonna go down in order of famous people, really, I think. Um <laughs> Actually, I want to say the best one till last, actually. I'm not going to do it in that order. The next one I'm going to say is Peter Purvis. Yes. Yes. Um, he's going to be starring in Dick Whittington at the Harpenden Public Halls. Yes. Um, and he's topping the bill, basically, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know anyone else in that panto. I, I don't want to sort of be nasty to any of the actors in that, in that um, particular production, but I've never heard of you. No. Um, oh, and apparently uh, it says uh, that there's, uh, there's someone called I don't know if it's pronounced Cherry or I think, I'm going to say Cherry Burnell. Apparently, as, as seen on CBBS, yeah, the fairy and she's playing the fairy of the bells. Yeah, so that's the only. But other... most most of the children going were not going to have a clue who Peter Purvis is, are they? No, they're not, are they? That's certainly one for the parents. Well, it's not probably even the parents. It's not even the grandparents <laughs> take the kids, aren't they? That's one for the grandmums. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmum, is that a new name? <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? Grandmum. <laughs> yes, well, there you go. Okay, now, I've saved the best till last, right? Because John Barrowman is starring yes. in Jack and the Beanstalk at the Glasgow um, SECC, okay, uh, with the Crankies. Yes. Okay, now... I think everybody that knows. Sounds who... a swinging time, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? And everyone knows who the Crankies are. So, um, but that's all that's building. There's, they usually have the sort of the bottom or the second tier celebs, don't they? But no, you just got John Barrowman and the Crankies. That's all you need to know. That's all you need for a good panto, <laughs> actually. Now, what I'm actually, well, I've said this one till last because it's got and it's actually built on here with amazing 3D special effects. Right. Right. Now, what I can imagine is that's the point of the show where John Barrowman gets his tackle out <laughs> <laughs> and waves it at the crowd. Oh, no. Okay. Yes. And you don't want it. You don't want the shout of it's behind you, do you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. I set them up, you knock them down. I'm here all week. <laughs> Oh God! Ah, oh, it's got a spotlight on it and everything. <laughs> it's the solo act. It does a range of impressions, and then stands to attention for the national anthem at the end. <laughs> oh, oh dear! Well, that that's that is everyone's Christmas, really, isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what you need for Christmas. Okay, right. Then shall we move on from... Yeah, I think we should. Shall we? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, and also um, in December, it's quite an action-packed month, isn't it, for uh, for Doctor Who leading up to Christmas this year. Um, the Doctor Who experience in Cardiff, they're doing a few uh, sort of visitor activities leading up to uh, the Christmas weekend. And what they're doing is some makeup and prosthetic um, things for the visitors. So basically they're going to be... Uh, there's someone called Bethan Harris... Um, she's one of the makeup artists. She's going to be on hand to transform visitors into their favourite monster. Oh, good. Yeah, so that's um, that, I'd go for that. <laughs> and what monster do you want to be transformed into? Um, Adric. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to help yourself to the buffet there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so that <of> the horror. <laughs> Oh, crikey. Yeah, so there, there we go. There we go. I think that's pretty much it for um, December news for um, for for, uh, for Doctor Who. Um, also, there was some snow, the Snowman promotional images are released during the week as yes. well. So some like, little uh, posters. You've got some big close-ups of the actual snowmen themselves, and which looks like uh, the Doctor climbing up a ladder to get to the TARDIS. Which sort of hinted at in the trailer, isn't it? You see, because isn't the TARDIS in the yeah. clouds or something? Yeah. Really going for the fairy tale thing this time, aren't they? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see what. Uh... And they say it does look suitably like a blockbuster again. Yeah. I think that's that's what they're that's what they're aiming for, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's uh, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it now. Next year, as we all know, is the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who. Now, I think the, the first there's a few news items here about this. I think the first one, obviously, is to say that the BBC have actually confirmed there is a fiftieth anniversary special for yes. next year. Um, as we all know, that you've got the Mark Gatiss. <laughs> they've, they've, they've confirmed it's a fiftieth anniversary special, but they haven't confirmed it's for next year. I think. No, <laughs> exactly. BBC. Yeah, they won't, they won't confirm the actual time until about twenty four hours before it's due to be shown. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have to wait till November next year for the news. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, um, it, it's based on an announcement from uh, the BBC One controller, Danny Cohen. Um, basically, he's done his 2013 commissioning statement. And basically what he says here is, Drama on BBC One takes another big leap in 2013 in the shape of some major event dramas, including The Village, Ripper Street, Luther. Actually, I'm glad Luther's coming back, so that's really good. Uh, the White Queen... And the Doctor Who 50th Anniversary Special. So these shows will bring a rich range of tones and worlds to BBC One's uh, fiction. Mm. So that's all That's all there is. That's all that's been announced. No casting news or anything else. That That is it. So it just literally just confirms there is an anniversary special next year. Um, interesting to say it's just an anniversary special. Yes. Not specials. Yeah. Because I was about to say before, we, we know we've got the Mark Gatiss docudrama about the creation of Doctor Who. So, mate, is that it next year? It is slightly worrying, isn't it, that we're not really hearing much in terms of series or whatever. Well, I can see that they're trying to play their cards pretty close to their chest on this, aren't they? I mean, it's going to be difficult once it gets nearer to the time of filming the 50th anniversary special, but you know, who knows? All these I mean, rumours which we'll come to in a minute, um, who knows? Who knows what they've what they, what they got lined up for it? And if it's going to yeah. be something really special, they, they're going to want to you know, keep it as quiet as they possibly can. Yeah. I would anyway, but I say it's difficult, we've discussed this before, it's difficult in the age of the internet. Yeah. I mean, once, once they come to actually start filming it, then you are going to start getting more information because they have to well they, they feel they feel they might as well release it rather than it just leaking out yeah see it okay now we i mentioned about rumors everything now there's always the the david tennant rumor that he's gonna be back for doctor who um and there's also stuff about um chris freckleston as yes. well yeah this this is quite interesting he was interviewed during the week um very very briefly and obviously, because I think he's, he's over here at the moment filming the sequel to the, the Thor movie. Yeah. Which is actually filming in Greenwich at the moment. Is it? At the Royal Naval College, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, it's all been... Um, but, but it's basically... It's been there for a number of weeks now, actually. But, you, yeah, you can't you can't see into it or anything. But so they sort of basically put tarpaulin up so you can't see what they're doing. But, yeah, they've been filming there for quite some time. Oh, is that why bits of it were blocked off last time I went through it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go then. There you go then. But they also also filmed that Lay Miz film as well. Um, I don't know if it's at Royal Naval College, but also at the Maritime Museum as well. Right. Yeah. So they use that for that little bit for quite a, quite a lot for uh, filming and stuff. But uh, anyway, anyway, um, Chris Freckleston is going to be in Thor two. Um, I don't. I think it's coming out next year. I'm not too sure. I think he's playing the bad guy in it. But basically, he was asked about whether he will be involved in the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. And um, his first answer to that is, would I like to be involved if I told you that I'd have to shoot you? Yes. Hmm. Then goes on to say, I've not even thought about it. It's so long ago for me that I haven't even thought about it. Apart from the fact he's asked every time. Every time. Oh, he must be felt to the back teeth of it. Um, and then he said, as, he was also asked, has he seen what Matt Smith's doing with the character and was he a fan? He, all he said was, I've seen Matt on stage. I've not seen him as the Doctor, but I've seen him on stage. He's an excellent actor. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so it's not the usual absolute no from him. No. That, just, that's about as much as we're going to get from that, isn't it? Yeah. I. Do you know what? I'm actually s- sort of strangely hopeful that. He's, yeah. Yeah. I. I don't know. There's something about this that I don't know. Maybe just playing games with the interviewer. Who knows? Yeah. It may just be that he's just got so fed up saying no that he's now gonna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be. It could be. Yeah. It's um. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm strangely hopeful for this. Can't quite put my finger on it. 
I mean, I, I, I think it's one of the things that most people are would like to, just because you just didn't really have that long a, a spell. And it, someone almost want him to go out on a on a happy note rather than the... Yeah, it's the other thing as well. It's that whole thing, if they're going to do a multi-Doctor story, which everyone's clambering for, and it's not mean, not mean to say they are going to do a multi-Doctor story, he's one of the few surviving actors left that could still do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, the others, I mean, Tom Baker... Colin Baker as well are just and actually Sylvester McCoy as well to a certain extent they're just too old now yeah they look nothing like they were at the time when they actually were playing the Doctor yeah they just about got away with with, with uh, Peter Davison uh, a few years ago with that little um, was it was it Children Need or uh, yeah it's one of those yeah I think yeah, it was, it was yeah. yeah little special thing they did but yeah they they that's it. The, the others just can't do it, and obviously the other doctors just aren't with us anymore. So it's no. um, yeah, I don't know. I just say that's I say that's why I'm vaguely optimistic about this one. Yeah, I, it just depends. I just, I just don't know whether they will go down the the multi doctor thing. I don't know. That it is a bit obvious, isn't it? Yeah. But unless they are gonna, unless it will, it will be a love letter to the fans. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but anyway, that's um. So there's nothing else to discuss on that because that is it, really. That, that is the only little morsel yeah. we, we've got out of that. Um, but some other things that are going on next year for the 50th anniversary. Uh, there's some more events at the BFI, isn't there? Yes. They're um, starting, and what they say is, well, they're starting actually with, on the 12th of January. They're doing a showing of Unearthly Child with a Q&A to follow. Yeah, there's no guests announced at the moment, is there? No. Well, interestingly, is... that mm. we're only a few weeks away from that and they can't say who's going to be doing that. But I'm quite interested. And this, from reading from their blurb, is throughout 2013, BFI Southbank will be marking the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who with regular monthly celebrations of all different Doctors throughout the show's history. We anticipate that those involved with the various incarnations of the series will introduce screenings and take part in Q&As about their time on the show throughout the year. We'll be running through the Doctors chronologically as we count down towards the main celebrations in November 2013. Hmm. I'd like to... Well, I don't know if I will get to a lot of that next year, uh, but uh, I definitely want to try and get to the, the one in January. I mean, at least they're saying what they're doing. It's, yeah. Everyone else seems to be celebrating this a hell of a lot more than the BBC, I have to say. Oh, BBC really annoy me. <laughs> they really do annoy me. Oh, God. No, that does sound really interesting. I'd, 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 I'd like to go to as many of them as I possibly can. Yeah. Next year, really would do. Um, I mean, it'd be nice if the BBC did something counting down every month doing a different Doctor, well, showing knows? a different episode. If who knows with the BBC actually they might have it all planned out and they're just telling us with their usual speed mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of what's well, happening well I reckon I reckon if they do it, it won't be on um, the main channels it'll be, be something like BBC4 yeah because you know they can't show black and white television on BBC1 or BBC2 anymore can they no I might get away with it on BBC2 I don't even oh, BBC2 they seem to reserve all the stuff that used to be shown on BBC2 they're now shown on BBC4 which yeah. is why BBC Four is so important, yeah, to keep. And I can't believe the BBC are actually thinking of axing that channel. Yeah, I mean the stuff they show on there is incredible. Some of the documentaries and stuff they show on there is fantastic. And um, I mean they showed the Hand of Fear, didn't they? Yes. I can't what the reason was now. Um, it was wasn't it just after Elizabeth Sladen died? Was that the reason? I can't remember. Yeah. 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 I think that was shown as a. As part of the tribute to her, yeah, let's say I honestly can't, honestly can't remember what it was for, but but yeah, that just just goes to show though, um, they actually did a tribute, yeah, you know, for on on that um on that channel, so that's that's why it's important it stays because you, you don't get that kind of niche programming anymore. When was no. the last time we had a, an evening dedicated to any particular uh, program on BBC Two? Yeah, yeah, that's it. We we don't do we? <laughs> it's all done on BBC Four now. Like they had a Kenny Everett night and a, um, and they do all the different music nights as well, didn't they? Might have like a, a special theme or something. Did BBC Two do the psych stuff though, the tribute stuff? Uh, 
I, I honestly, thought that was BBC Two. Do you know, I, I, I thought that was BBC Four again. But even then, it, it was only a couple of programmes. It wasn't an entire evening. No, it was three, okay. wasn't it? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, yeah we're, that's we're, the closest you're going to get to them dedicating a, a night yeah. to yeah, that's something. It. Yeah, so it's, it's not going to... They're not going to do it for Doctor Who. I really don't. I think it will end up on BBC Four. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind where it ends up, to be honest. No, me neither. I mean, it just, it'd it just be just nice if they actually did something. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just treating it as that little niche program, yeah, and shoving it away on one of the what, the, what they deem as one of the lesser channels. I mean, because you have got a perfect opportunity now. You've got eleven doctors, and you've got eleven months yeah. of the year till November. It's, it does seem to, to lend itself. It does to... doesn't it? It does. It's perfect. It is perfect. So you could look at one doctor every month and do an evening for it once a month. Yeah, that's it. It'll be, it's a no-brainer as far as we're concerned anyway. Yes. But, uh, oh dear. Okay, right. Oh, hang on a minute. Do you know what time it is? Is it time? It is time. It's time for Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! And we've just got one little item in the Tack Corner this week. Um, character options. Remember them, Paul? Yes. Yeah. Well, now goes something called character building, uh. right? And and they're releasing their third series of micro figures. I'm going to say they're going to come round and rip all their their stuff back from the kids, is it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's character building. Yeah. <laughs> actually, they, they, they actually they well, they learned a very well life lesson there. Well, actually, we haven't spoken about this, but the, the character options they did away with their little um, what are they the little four five inch figures. Yeah, don't know what size they are. They stopped doing because basically no bugger was buying them anymore. Um, yeah. Apparently, they just had a warehouse full of the damn things they just couldn't get rid of. And I think just the fact they just saturated the market with, well, with crap basically. <laughs> you know, so the, the, oh dear, there's just some figures in there. I mean, who the hell wants that? But anyway, so they've now done these little micro figures instead. It looks, well, I don't know. It really is aimed at the, uh, the lower. <laughs> sort of a very tiny, tiny top style. Uh, it looks like little Lego figures, yeah, but without actually being Lego. Yeah. But um, I suspect that's where they think the market is. I think so. I think so. And look at this little picture. You've got um, lots of stuff from Series 6. So you've got Ma- Ma- Madame Kavarian and um, uh, Rory with his eye patch on, Amy with all the, the tally marks on her face and River and... Uh, yeah, it... Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say about that. Um, yes. Doesn't really appeal to me. But each microfigure comes in a foil bag and costs, right. and costs just one ninety nine. I was going to say, is that so you can cook them? <laughs> well, no, no, Paul. It says it makes it makes it the perfect pocket money treat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So I, the way they're building this, it's like it's trying to be like bloody Pokemon or something. It's a... Basically, you get a foil bag. You don't know what you've got in the foil bag. It's a lucky dip. It's a lucky dip. So it says, but as you never quite know what you're going to get, it's bloody Forrest Gump now, we have one question. <laughs> Who will be the first to find them all? That's like the bloody Pokemon thing. You've got to catch them all. Yeah. So basically, you could end up with all the same figures, potentially, if you're really that unlucky. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. That's I suppose a- you're supposed to swap them with your friends. I suppose so. It sounds like a load of bollocks, if you ask me, but there you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey. Right, let's, let's, let's finish. This has been the longest news we've done in a long time. This really is. Um, we've got to, unfortunately, finish on a, on a sad piece of news. Chancellor Flavia herself, Donna Sheridan, sadly passed away last Sunday at the age of 82. Yes. Yeah. So, as you know, uh, she played Chancellor Flavia in the 20th anniversary story, The Five Doctors. Um, obviously, all our thoughts are with their um, with her, with her family and everything. Yes. Okay, then. Right. So, coming up is our, <laughs> our second attempt at a review of Swift & Jones. So, for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, then, folks. It's uh, time to kick off another retrospective, and it's their second attempt at kicking off this retrospective um, of Series 3, and we're going to have another crack at looking at Smith and Jones. It's really real. Hold on. Don't! We lose all the air. But they're not exactly 
perfectly airtight. If the air was going to get sucked out, it would have happened straight away, but it didn't. So how come? Very good point. Brilliant, in fact. What was your name? Martha. And it was Jones, wasn't it? Well, then, Martha Jones, question is, how are we still breathing? Well, we can't be. But obviously we are, so don't waste my time. Martha, what have we got? Is there a balcony on this floor or a veranda? By the patient's lounge, yeah. Jones going out? OK. We might die. We might not. Good. Come on. Not her, she'd hold us up. Right, who wants to go first? Shall I? Go on then. Let's, let's get this. Let's get this party started. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, so upbeat. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Loved it. Everything about it. Hey, you guys. <laughs> right. Come on. Let's do it. No. Um. I actually did quite like this. Actually. Yeah. Um. For it, it's a it's a setup episode, isn't it? You've got a new companion. Hmm. And to a large extent, the story is secondary to that. Um, but quite a lot happens for a for a story that's a sec- that's got a secondary part to it. Mm, yeah, in the on. fact of of taking a the hospital to the moon and introducing a well, I was going to say new new villain, but they're not really villains, are they? What the June? The June? Uh, yeah, the June. <laughs> <laughs> oh, June! <laughs> <laughs> the horror of the collapsing sunbed. Paw, paw, Terry Scott, paw. <laughs> um, yeah, the Judoon. Yeah. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we started this one off well, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the one we put out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the the Judoon. Yeah, they're, as you say, they're not the villain of the piece, really, are they? They're, no. They're sort of. Well, they're, they're neither heroes nor villains, are they? No. No, but you have this long, um, basically, introduction. I mean, first of all, you, you don't have uh, any pre-credit scene, do you? No, there's not for this one, is there? Um, no. However, it, it does sort of more or less start exactly the same as Rose, to yeah. a certain extent. With um, It's setting up all the backstory yeah, for um, her character, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I, I'm like you, I, I do enjoy this episode... I think it's not it's not a bad season opener. But I do think the whole as we're now talking about setting up Martha, and I don't mind Martha as a character either. No. Um I think Freeman Agman coming for a lot of stick for no apparent reason for for uh, um acting. And let's be honest, it was probably our first big acting gig. Yeah. You know, so um I think people have just been very unfair even now, and I think it's just there's this whole thing of oh the Doctor and Rose all the time and yeah I think it just wasn't right what how the fans treated that or some of the fans anyway treated yeah. that the, the character and the actress for that matter but I do think that the misstep was introducing her family yeah because it was it was just going over old ground again it was it was when when this the, the whole thing about Rose leaving was at least mm. then you thought right so now we're going to leave the, the the whole family Coming back, coming back to Earth. Part yeah. of the story is going to go now, and we're going to get into what we consider to be the sort of classic Doctor Who thing of they you know, just travel around all the time, mm. never go back anywhere, yeah, and whatever. And straight away, this set up that no, that isn't going to happen. We're exactly going to have exactly the same scenarios with this as we have had with the previous two series. Yeah, yeah. It, it just—I don't know what they thought they. They thought the audience would take to the the new companion more if they went did the same played the same trick again with her having a family and and everything. I know it's it's slightly different to Rosie's family because obviously to begin with Rose didn't have a, a you know her father had died when she was a baby. Yeah. So okay, you, this time she Martha's parents are both alive, but they've separated. He's now going out with um, with someone else, and again I just thought. Trevor Laird, um, I thought, was appallingly bad in this, to be honest. He was very comic strip, wasn't he? He was, and it was just that whole thing, I'm going to put my, uh, I'm going to put my foot down when they're arguing yeah. at the end. And, it just, and he actually stamps his foot. And, yeah. it, and it looked, it is like something, like we talked about pantomime earlier on, it looks yeah. like something out of a pantomime. Yeah. And it just, it just awful. And I actually forgot he was also in Nine Warp as well, the old... <laughs> 
uh, the Colin Baker story. He was Guard Commander Frax in that, so it's, it's his second second time of asking for Doctor Who. Mm. Mm. I can't remember much about that, actually. <laughs> it's been eradicated from the Yeah, it's, well, it's part of the, the Time Lord season, wasn't it? So, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. And, the, I mean, Reggie Yates, as Martha's brother, he was pretty much... I'll say Martha's brother, Leo Jones, wasn't it? He, he was pretty much redundant after this episode, really, wasn't he? Yeah, well, they cast him, and then he wasn't available for any of the rest of it. And you'd yeah. have thought they just sort of worked that out before casting him. You can understand you're going to bring in a character and then may not use him until the next series or something, that mm. he may not be available later on. Yeah, that's it. You'd think when you're actually starting to film a series, you work out the availability of everybody. Yeah, I know. In it advance. Didn't, yeah, it didn't make any sense, did it? Um, no. I know they, I mean, towards the end of this series, they do sort of kind of use Martha's family to, to better effect. But then again, only reusing her mum. Yeah. In, 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 in that aspect. But, okay, we'll, we'll get on to that as the, as the season progresses. But yeah, I, I just thought that was the only thing that didn't really do it for me in this episode was Martha's family. Yeah, just, just because you did think, oh, well, this is now going to be, they're basically going to set up the relationship between her as being exactly the same as Rose's, really. Mm, yeah, and it, you just thought this was an opportunity to just go off and do something completely different with the yeah, companion and, character. Yeah, and they did No, they didn't. They just made a lovesick pining for the Doctor Yeah, all the time. The only, the only difference in this case, as we all know now, it wasn't reciprocated. Yeah. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that as we, as, we, as we go along. But, yeah, so we were saying the actual story itself... The whole thing about the the, the Jadoon trying to find this um, plasmavore, played by oh I've forgotten a bloody name now Anne Reed that's it yeah um, I think Anne Reed's a good actress but she goes a bit over the top she this. goes over the top um, and do you there, know, there was things where she actually asked could she do it with a German accent what <laughs> and apparently in the commentary Russell T Davies says that as they when when it came to doing the read through. Mm. When she arrived, she asked whether it could be done, whether she could do it with a German accent. <laughs> now I don't know whether that's true or not. What? Well, the character's name is Florence Finnegan. Yes, I'm sure she'd done it in an Irish accent. Makes sense. I mean, <laughs> but I think it was just on the fact that this was the villain, and I don't know. Oh God, a bit of low and low, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. No. It's, <laughs> That's that's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, that is an awful idea. Especially seeing right at the beginning, you're not supposed to know that she is the the villain of the piece. Mm. It's yeah, only she, when she goes into his office. Yeah, you know, she acts as a, you know, a befuddled old lady. Yeah, um, and of course you've got like someone like Roy Marsden as Mister Stoker. Yes, um, there, there's there's the vampire connection. Yes, right there, Mister Stoker. He was hard. I mean, he's, he's not a bad actor either, uh, Roy Marsden. And again, he wasn't used to any great effect, especially if you want someone in an officious role. Yeah, and actually, he makes a damn good villain. Yeah. Trouble is, he, he's played a vampire before in um, one of the Jeremy Sh- Brett Sherlock Holmes stories. Holmes yeah. yeah. So um, was it the last vampire? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. It would have been a bit too obvious to have yeah. cast him in that role, but but he was, he was just sort of dealt with very very quickly. Yes, which is a bit of a shame, really. I like and he just ha- he I just has the one scene where they're all around the doctor's bed, doesn't he? Yeah, um, I like I like to have seen him, re- act, you know, react a bit more or interact, I should say, a bit more with um, with the doctor. Yeah, I don't think they actually have any lines at each other, do they? No, no, not as you say, not apart from that that sort of bed scene. Yeah. And that's him mostly talking to Martha. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a shame. Bit of, I think it's a bit missed opportunity, really. But um, let's go. Let's go back to to the because I like the the way they do transfer the hospital. Yeah. Well, they call it the H two O scoop. I just like the idea of the rain going upwards. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice little creepy little little touch, really. And I thought that the special effects, the the CGI, when the hospital on the moon with the. Um, Looked pretty damn good, actually. Um, also, the the Jadoon spaceships 
sort of coming over the top of the, the hospital, coming into land, look good. Now, we, we, we talked about this when we last tried to record this episode. It's, a, it's very much a, a Russell T. Davis sort of thing, isn't it? That each episode he does where a massive spaceship comes into land, it comes in over the top of a building. Yes. And he doesn't disappoint in this episode either, does he? So I wonder if it's easier for the special effects people. Maybe it is. She don't actually have to do... It's quite easy to get the scale straight away. Yeah. Coming from lo- from a long way off. You don't have to do a long shot of them arriving. No, you just got like the one model. Yeah. It doesn't really change size, does it? So it just no. goes across the top of the the the, uh, the shot. But uh, yeah, I, I I like the design of the, the uh, Jadun um, spaceship. That, that sort of cylindrical yeah. look, which is, is quite different. Like sort of um, sky, then they just look like large skyscrapers that fly. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like that. I think they look really cool. And I, I remember at the time that the um, when the 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 uh, photos of the Jadoon were leaked on various for, uh, forums and stuff, that they um, everyone assumed that these were Sontarans. Yeah. And um, and as usual, as Doctor Who fans are want to do, I hate it. I hate this new design of the Sontarans, and it and it it was nothing to do with them, was it? No. <laughs> Although you sometimes wonder whether they was just playing with that just to get that reaction as well. Could I don't been. put it past Russell, Russell T. Davis, T. Davis no, to he, do that. No, he did like to uh, wind uh, the... What did, he, what did he like to call them? The Ming-Mongs. Yeah. Yeah, strange turn of phrase. So, uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he did like to bait the, some, the, you know, the hardcore fans, I think, yeah. quite a bit. But, uh, but I did like the way they sort of marched in the hospital and... Um, Sort of just basically tagged everybody. Yeah, yeah. That that was their way of a process of elimination, and the fact it? that it wasn't done in a high tech way either. No, it wasn't. No, it was like going into a nightclub, wasn't it? So, sort of in space, in space, they have marker pens. Yeah, <laughs> sure. The budget could have sort of extended to something more than that, but <laughs> you know why? Why? Why she didn't think just to run to the little shop and buy a marker pen? Like, yeah. I know. <laughs> Well, that was, I think that was the thing, because when the, the, um, that doctor, the first one who gets assessed and, and marked, it was the look on his face when he sort of just got that cross on the back of his hand. So, oh, is that it? Yeah. I think that's probably the intention behind it. It's yeah. Sort of like, it's a very, very low-tech end Yeah. to a high-tech solution, really. But, yeah. Um, they go to all this trouble, and then their only way of, saying, their way of telling, saying they check somebody is just to put a cross on their hand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was quite good. But um, the, the one thing I thought was quite funny is this, it was some of the extras' panic acting. Yes, at the windows. At the windows. <laughs> There's one guy in particular was going absolutely berserk. <laughs> and I just couldn't stop laughing at it. It's meant to be sort of a very dramatic um, part of the story. But I just seemed to focus on this extra. Going absolutely berserk. He's giving it his all. He was, he was. He was. Really... <laughs> He'd been given his motivation. <laughs> and I think his motivation was was reenacting the man possessed by devils from Life of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it, it was really pretty pretty bad. And also the another um, Russell T Davis um, trait as well. Um, you get the one person whenever everything's been taken over. You get the one person who will throw something, and yeah. I'm not going to take this anymore. And throw something at someone, and then immediately get shot. Yes. And he didn't disappoint again in this one, did he? <laughs> no. no. You sort of yeah. You sort of get this that they are sort of judge dread sort of police rather than. Yeah, yeah. It's very um, much that sort of judge jury executioner. Yeah. In, you know, instant justice. Uh, which I've got no no problem with. If you're going to riff on something, Judge Dredd's a pretty good thing to riff on. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd say I'd like the Jadoon characters. Yeah, and you just thought, actually, after this, you're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. And we didn't, did we? No. We certainly certainly not in Doctor Who, anyway. No. Probably saw them more in the Sarah Jane Avengers, didn't you? Well, they sort of briefly came back for Doctor Who, but... Yeah, but yeah. not to do anything. No. Almost like stooges come the end, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a... Bit you of thought shame, perhaps, it? actually, they might sort of, in terms of take the 
the place of the Time Lords, whereas if when the Doctor coming to something that was just too big for him, mm. he used to have to call the, the Time Lords for help. You thought that in some ways they may start having to bring, having to call the Jadoon when the numbers were too much, too many. Yeah, that's it. Uh, they didn't that's just it. never use them like that, did they? No, no. It's a shame. It's a shame, really. Also, the thing with the actually, no, I'm not going. But we we've done the bloody shadow proclamation and all that. Yeah. Crap with the Jadoon, Jadoon, so it's not. Let's not go back over old ground again. Because um, I mean, talking about Journey's End. Yeah. Now. Something we we sort of spoke about beforehand was the whole, um, and also during this was the whole thing the 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 dynamic of the relationship between the Doctor and Martha they were trying to set up yeah. here, and as usual as as since Doctor Who's come back the Doctor has to kiss the companion at some point, yeah and they got it out of the way in the first episode didn't they? Well, you you sort of almost think they do it just so they can put it out there as a, in the trailers, yeah, uh, and something they seem to be continuing with a tradition of. Yeah, because one thing we, we didn't... We were sort of holding it back, weren't we? Because one thing we talked about during the uh, the news was the the BBC One Christmas schedule trailer, which the Doctor, um, whose special features rather prominently in. Yeah. They show a clip of Clara kissing the Doctor. Yeah. And again, it, it, say, it, all, it all ties in. So yet again, they prove that another companion kisses the Doctor. Obviously, we yeah. don't know what context that's in. Yeah. I at mean, the moment, because it, it's just it a has... quick clip, isn't it? It has pretty much... I mean, it, to be perfectly honest, I think he has kissed every companion, hasn't he? Since they've been back. Yeah, even Captain Jack. Yes. Yeah, so... For um, various for various reasons. Yeah. Um, I think with Donna, it was as a shock, wasn't it, in The Unicorn and the Wasp? That's right. That's right. This, with Martha, it's to cloak, or to give her a trace of DNA, alien yeah. DNA, Yeah. to, to slow down the Jadoon. So at least there was a reason for it. Yeah, and we're now left with what... Is there going to be a reason? We presume there's a reason that's going to be revealed in the Christmas special yeah, as so to for, why. Yeah, yeah well, that's why Clara does it. Um, yeah. But do, do you find this is getting a little bit old hat now? Um, actually, this actually we can go back further than, than uh, Eccleston here, can't we? Because this goes back to McGann. Yes. I forgot about that. This goes back. This you can go back as far as nineteen ninety six. Since nineteen ninety six, the Doctor has kissed every companion. Yeah, and probably McGann was the only one that actually was getting towards that actually being a kiss, wasn't it? When it was first up. Yeah, sort of like the more romantic Doctor. Yeah, really. But yeah, I, I just yeah, just to say, I, I, and, and also and always it's put in in it's put out as part of the trailer because it just causes uproar. Uh, yeah, and, and as long as it does, they keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, I've got no, I've got no problem with it at all. You know that that's the way the show is now. You, you either accept yeah. it or or you don't really. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's getting old hat. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's totally is. But while while it gets a reaction and it does, they keep doing it. Yeah. But I think the re- the reaction now is it's it's not the fact that oh the the doctors kissed a girl. You know, it's the whole fact. It's it's another one. It, yeah, exactly. They've done, oh, it it's, again. they've done it again. You know, I think it's yeah. it's the it's a mixture of disappointment and people just resigned to the fact that a new companion. Oh yeah, the doctor's gonna the doctor's gonna kiss him. Yeah. Now now the, now the question is why has? Yeah, that's it. What's why the, has there been a kiss? Yeah. What's the reason? And as I said, it, it's in, it's shown entirely out of context. Oh, what was that? Something just fell off a shelf. Ah. It's the, ghost, its, own. it's the ghost of Pertwee. <laughs> he ne- he's, I never got to snog Katie Manning, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yes, that was very odd. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably get the ghost of Hartnell turn up in a minute. <laughs> Whack me over the head with his walking stick or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for for basically not taking the dark invasion of her seriously during that commentary. <laughs> yes. Talk about bloody toffos, my boy. Hmm? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get let's get back to Smith and Joe's. Um, yeah, but the whole thing with the with the, with the the kiss with Martha, it was almost like the, her reaction to it. You always expect her to be floating in the air afterwards. Yes. Um, I mean, and that did then set up 
unrequited love yeah. storyline. Yeah, I, I think that I think that was a misstep. Yeah, as well. Really, we didn't need we, it again. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I suppose we didn't really get it. Um, that sort of the what we would now say the Doctor and, and companion relationship was with, with uh, Donna. No, and I think that's what actually made Series Four better than perhaps even the, the sum of the stories. Yeah, was the fact was the relationship between her and the Doctor being just a straight friends. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I you know. That's the way. That's the way they thought it would be best at the time. You still get a thing. They're still sort of more or less still trying to find their feet to a certain extent with what to do with the companion. Yeah, but which is a. I, I just think it's a shame they could have done something completely different. You had two series of of Rose and the Doctor, um, and I suppose it was the first time that you know that they've actually shown the Doctor actually had sort of romantic feelings for for his um, for someone who's travelling with him. Yeah, uh, but then okay, I know they sort of did. They sort of tried to sort of turn it around a little bit in this series with the Doctor not returning uh, Martha's affections, but again, it, it was still a little bit. I don't know. It still just it didn't really work that whole thing no. for me. It just it actually wouldn't have been so bad if it had been the other way around. You'd had Donna in the third series, and then it tried to go back and and had done mm. yeah the companion. In the fourth series, being and him still not wanting to, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that would have been better actually. That would have been better. But it was just, yeah, as you say, straight following on this, the the whole from the companion's point of view, the whole system relationship and storyline was pretty much the Rose one. They just yeah. changed the actress. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I've actually sort of run out of things to say about this now. Yeah. To be honest, it's it's a good fun episode. It rattles along at a good pace, but I, I, I don't think there's a, apart from the whole Martha's story for this and her family and everything. There's, I, I say, there's not a lot to dislike. No, really. Um, okay, Anne reads a little bit off, as yeah, we, as we've already dis, uh, discussed, and, and and the idea of the straw. I just oh god, yeah, the straw. I know they can't show. You know, people sinking their fangs into people's necks at that time on a Saturday night. But the fact it it was a drinking straw. Yeah. And again, as asked for by Russell T. Davis, that wasn't just the fact that they decided that was the cheapest way. No, that was how it was written. Yeah. That was what he wanted. Do you know what? There are some times you just needed someone to sit behind Russell T. Davis and just go, no, Russell. Yeah. You're not doing that. You know, yeah. it, it just needed to be reined in because some of his ideas, he had some fantastic ideas. Yeah. But he had some real clunkers as well. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a real clunker. No. But it's, it's, just, it's, it's just stupid. Yeah. You know. It just, he, he sort of gets this. Sometimes you think he comes up with a joke idea, which normally you just, you'd think probably just get written out at some point. Yeah. And he, he doesn't. Tends to, he <laughs> tends to push them through, yeah. Yeah. Like farting dustbins. Yeah. Well, no, not farting. Burping dustbins and farting aliens, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously, we, we haven't gone back as far as uh, Series 1 yet, have we? But, no. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a strange, strange thing to in, to include. really is. As you say, you just need someone just to rein him in a little bit now and again. Mm. But, but, hey, we know that didn't happen. No. And there's worse to come. <laughs> yeah, to say. There is a lot yeah. worse to come in, seri- in Series 3. Um as as we will get to, as we there's some good to. stuff to come. There's some very very good stuff, good to, come, stuff to come. Actually, this is probably actually the most mixed series I think. Uh, but anyway, we don't want to start reviewing the series. No, after, no. After episode one, I just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think after that after, after your statement there. Uh, I think that yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's some very very good stuff to come. Yeah, include one of my all time favourite episodes of Russell T Davis's tenure. Yes. Um, which we'll come to a lot later on. A lot, a lot later on. Uh, yes. Probably be sometime next year now. Yes. So I think on the whole, it, we enjoy it, don't we? Yeah. On, on re- and it, you know, on re- it's one of those things. It's, it's hard when you've got to completely set up the um, companion doctor relationship in one episode. Mm. It, it's the story is going to be somewhat second to it. Yeah, and I must admit, it, it did. It did feel weird going back to watch. Uh, David Tennant again. 
Yeah. Because I haven't watched any David Tennant um, Doctor Who for a long time now. Yeah. And it did seem quite weird watching it again. Yeah, you do sort of go back. And probably before he gets uh, caught up in the over-the-top bit as well, isn't it, this? Mm, yeah. So, interesting to see whether I actually start liking David Tennant again as we're going back through these. Mm, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't... Um, yeah, the, 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 the sort of the, the, the shouty... Yeah. Acting didn't wasn't quite apparent in this episode, was it? He was still no. fairly, fairly subdued. Yes, I suppose if that's the right word. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, okay, okay. Um, now, I, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I don't think we really want to dwell say. on it too much more. No. Yeah, I know because it's quite no. a long episode. It is this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now next week. We're not entirely sure what we're going to be going back. We might be doing... Um, are we doing a book review next week? We haven't done one then for a long time, have we? Um, yeah, I think that's roughly the plan as to whether we can be ready for that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're doing another Target novelisation uh, review next uh, next week. Um, yes. Now, did we agree on the 10th planet? Yes. We did. Okay, that's what we're doing then. We're doing the 10th planet next week. We'll talk about the Target novelisation and also comparing it to what's left... Of the transmitted story as well. Yes. So that that's going to be an internet watch, that one, isn't it? So... Yeah, this is going to be interesting because I really haven't seen that for a long while. So reading the book is almost coming to the story fresh. Mm. Yeah, exactly. yeah anyway. I, 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 did, I did watch it um, not so long ago online and uh, I did quite... Enjoy. It's, a, it's well. I, we'll talk about it next week anyway. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to do it now. Do it now, shall we? Let's just do it now. Get it away. Let's Stop do it. the show now. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, Mickey Rooney? <laughs> hey, let's put on the show. <laughs> do you know how much I hate those films? <laughs> <laughs> so we're now starting to do our oncoming soon trailers at the end of our podcasts. <laughs> That's going to be the highlights of next week's podcast. Ah. <laughs> uh, we just had my heart, my heart next week's podcast there from me. Hatred. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may not hate it. Who knows? Oh. Who knows? Okay. Right, well, that's it for this week. That is it for this week. Let's wrap this up because we, we, we're, we're now just waffling. <laughs> yes. So, until next week then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at whos-he.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at whos-he-podcast. underscore underscore